0: 1983, the United States as a nation settled down that evening for a world premiere special airing on ABC television network. That special was the TV miniseries of the sweeping epic narrative, The Winds of War, the historical fiction novel written by Herman Wouk, depicting the events leading up to World War II from March of 1939 to the United States' entry into the war on December 7th, 1941. As a young nine-year-old little boy, I was swept up into the majesty of it all. The music, oh, the music, the places and the foreign names The different geographies of the land, the adventure of it all, the discovery of new distant places, captivating scenery from one part of the world to the next. There would be snow in one scene and the tropics in another. What did this all mean, this world war? As a young nine-year-old, I couldn't grasp it. Even my parents couldn't grasp it. They couldn't relate to it. They couldn't explain it to a young nine-year-old little boy. And what is captivating now is even some 40 years later, I have rewatched all seven episodes in quick succession, and it was just as enthralling now as it was in 1983 to my young nine-year-old boy, little self. Even my mother, who is no history buff and frankly gets bored at the notion of learning history, has been captivated, and she is watching the television, television series again. Funny thing is, she says, I don't remember too much from that 1983 watching of it, most likely because she was a distracted 36-year-old mother caring for two boys while working a full-time job as a librarian here in a suburb of Columbus, Ohio. Now that's the engaging in the intriguing question of well-written history, isn't it? How to capture the attention and keep it of a nation who in 1983 was starting to slip the bonds of memory of what was the greatest and worst war in the world's history. But Herman Woke did that. Herman Woke as a historical fiction writer, who ironically just passed away from us three short years ago on May 17th, 2019. Unbelievably, he was 103 years old. Woke accomplished just that. He captured the American public's attention and he wrote the American equivalent of war and peace. That famous classical treatise novel written by Leo, Leo Tolstoy. Now you'll remember that Tolstoy's fictional narrative chronicles the 1812 French invasion of Russia as seen through the eyes of five Russian aristocratic families. And at 1,225 pages, it was a lengthy novel, even by that standard in time, it was completed in 1869 and still to this day is recognized and praised as a classic of world literature. Now, Herman Woke did the same for the Second World War. Without a doubt, at least to me, the two-part epic series is the American version of War and Peace. Now, some will argue that Gone with the Wind is that American treasure. And certainly not The Winds of War or War and Remembrance, which is part two of Herman Woke's incredible masterpiece. Now, I will grant you that Gone with the Wind did capture the heart of the struggle during the Civil War, and yes, that is a good candidate. And if we're going to include the Civil War in all of this, I would say a quick runner up to Gone with the Wind would have to be John Jake's trilogy of North and South, that three-part epic trilogy that described two families, one in the North, one in the South, battling it throughout the Civil War. But for me, for me, I would put The Winds of War and War and Remembrance together as the American masterpiece and thus the match and our American classic of War and Peace. At 885 pages, The Winds of War, part one, follows the fictional Henry and Jastrow families as they try and navigate the sweeping winds of events across Europe and the world in the years, 1939, 1940, 1941. Along the way, you get a sense of what life was like for those who lived through it. The sense of desperation being caught up in Europe as it's cascading towards war. So with that, let's grab just a couple quotes to get a sense of the brilliance of Herman Woke's writing. In bright sunshine, the Bremen moved like a train between low green banks of a wide river. Pug was at the rail of the sun deck, taking his old pleasure in the sight of the land after a voyage. Rhoda was below in her usual fit of snarls and snaps. When they traveled together, Rhoda in deep martyrdom did the packing. Pug was an old hand at packing for himself, but Rhoda claimed she could never find anything he put away. "'Oh, yes, the country is charming to look at,' said Tudsbury, who had sauntered up and commenced a discourse on the scenery. "'You'll see many a pretty North German town between Bremerhaven and Berlin, the heavy half-timbered kind of thing, that looks so much like English Tudor. The fact is Germany and England have a strong resemblances and links. You know, of course, that the Kaiser was Queen Victoria's grandson.' that our royal family for a long time spoke only German, and yet, on the whole, the Jerrys are strangers to us than Eskimos. He boomed a laugh and went on, sweeping a fat hand toward the shore. Yes, here the Germans sit at the heart of Europe, Henry. These perplexing first cousins of ours simmering and grumbling away, and every now and then they spill over in all directions with a hideous roar. Out they pour from these lovely little towns, these... Fairy tale landscapes, these clean, handsome cities. Wait till you see Cologne, Nuremberg, Munich, even Berlin and Hamburg. Out they bubble, I say. These polite, blue eyed music lovers raving for blood. It's a bit unnerving. And now here's Hitler bringing them all to a boil again. You Americans may have to lend more of a hand than you did last time. We're fairly worn out with them, you know, we and the French. It had not escaped, Henry, that Tudsbury's talk, one way or the other, usually came back to the theme of the United States fighting Germany. That might not be in the cards, Tuds. We've got the Japanese on our hands. They're carving up China, and they've got a first-class fighting navy growing every month. If they make the Pacific a Japanese lake and proceed to do what they want on the Asian mainland, the world will be theirs in 50 years. Tudsbury said, sticking out his tongue out of the corner of his Smiling mouth, the yellow pearl. It's a question of facts and numbers, Henry said. How many are there in Europe? A couple hundred million? Japan is now well on the way to ruling one billion people. They're as industrious as the Germans, or even more so. They came out of paper houses and silk kimonos in a couple of generations to defeat Russia. They're amazing, compared to what faces us in Asia This Hitler business strikes us as more of just the same old ruddy cat and dog fight in the backyard. Tudsbury peered at him with a reluctant nod. Possibly you underestimate the Germans. Maybe you overestimate them. Why the devil didn't you and the French go in when they occupied the Rhineland? They broke the treaty. You could have walked in there at the point and hung Hitler without not much more trouble than raiding a girl's dormitory. Ah, the wisdom of hindsight, Tudsbury said. Don't ask me to defend our politicians. It's been a radical breakdown, a total failure of sense and nerve. I was talking and writing in 1936 the way you are now. At Munich, I was close to suicide. I covered the whole thing. Czechoslovakia, huge chain of strong fortifications jutting deep into Germany's gut. 50 crack divisions, spoiling for a scrap the second biggest arms factory in the world, Russia, and even France, ready at last to stand up and fight. All this six short months ago. And an Englishman, an Englishman, goes crawling across Europe to Hitler and hands him Czechoslovakia. Tudsbury laughed mechanically and puffed on a cigarette made ragged by the breeze. I don't know. Maybe democracy isn't for the industrial age. If it's to survive, I think the Americans will have to put up the show. Ah, and that is what I love. Yes, this is fiction. Yes, it is historical fiction. But you see Woke's writing at its brilliant zenith, the top of his game. You hear what could have been a very believable, very real crosstalk between two friends about the major issues of the day. It puts you as a fly on the wall. Now we'll never know the actual conversation that was had between friends, but woke's writing is such that it is very believable. And you can go from the sweeping narrative to the talk of friends and families. You feel like you're there. You're part of them, the emotions, the sights, the sounds you can put yourself on the USS Bremen. I'm sorry, the SS Bremen as it moseyed along the shore getting ready to dock and German in the German port. Let's go back to the book for some more brilliant writing. Why, why do you keep saying that on paper? You and the French still have the Germans badly licked. Don't you realize that manpower, firepower, steel, oil, coal, the industrial plant, any way you add it up, they've got a small temporary lead in the air. But they've also got the Soviet Union at their backs. It's not the walkover it was last year or two, two years ago. You still figure to win. Alas, they've got the leadership. A strong hand clapped Henry's shoulder, and a voice tinged with irony said, Heil Hitler. Ernst Grope stood there in a worn crease Navy uniform. With it, he had put on a severe face and an erect posture. Well, gentlemen, here we are. Victor, in case I don't see you again in the confusion, where do I get in touch with you? The embassy? Sure, the office of naval attache. Aha, said Tudsbury. Our little trip to Svindemuda. So glad you haven't forgotten. I'll do my best to include you, said Globka, coldly. He shook, his hand, he shook hands with both of them bowing and clicking his heels, and he left. Come and say goodbye to Pamela Tudsbury said she's below packing. I'll do that. Pug walked down the deck with a correspondent who limped on his cane i've a I have notions of matching her up with a son of mine. Ah, have you Tudsbury gave a waggish glance through his thick spectacles. I warn you, she's a handful what why I've never met a gentler or a pleasanter girl Still waters said Tudsbury. I warn you. And then you end with the personal stories, the banter, the light conversation between friends, the proud father trying to set his son up with what appears to be a beautiful girl. This happens daily all around the world. It's the stuff of life, the stuff that moves a human being's soul. And this is a story told in an epic fashion, a story told on the grand sweep of the American and Jewish and Nazi experience during wartime Europe. Woke near the end of his life said of the book, albeit he was a very private person, so he didn't do many interviews, but he said his main task of writing the novel, which was ultimately split between two novels, the main task was to, quote, fix down in literature what happened in World War II and the Holocaust. And for that, I will say he did quite well. And millions of us are very thankful to him for doing so. Especially that nine-year-old boy in 1983. We would do well to study good history. And this is some of the best ever composed, even if it is historical fiction. It makes it real. It jumps out to you. So in today's Mojo Minute, as this Mojo Minute will air on my 49th birthday in the year of 2023, the year of our Lord. If I was to recommend a good one-two punch to understand the epic sweeping events of the Second World War and make them come home, I don't think you can go wrong with America's version and treasure, America's version of war and peace. That American Treasure of the Winds of War by Herman Woke. And you can follow that long reading with War and Remembrance by Woke as well, which is part two. And I think with both, you will have a firm grasp of the arc of history filled in with believable historical fiction. Because 80 years later, we are still feeling the reverberations of that war now. And if we want to live a flourishing life, we will do well to study good history, and good historical fiction can help even bring those that don't like history into its realm to introduce to the world and history that's happening all around them every day. And this is some of the best writing ever composed by an American author. Because as the great Mark Twain reminded us so eloquently, history doesn't often repeat itself, but it does often rhyme. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this Theory to Action podcast. Be sure to check out our show page at teammojoacademy.com where we have everything we discussed in this podcast, as well as other great resources. Until next time, keep getting your mojo on. Are you a voracious reader who yearns for a deeper understanding of your favorite books? Or perhaps you're a busy professional seeking to enrich your knowledge, but short on time. The Mojo Academy 2.0 is your perfect solution. Our revamped service now includes beautifully designed monthly written reviews and PDF format to accompany our popular audio reviews. These aren't just summaries. These are comprehensive and insightful explorations of each book packed with the actual quotes from the book to enhance your understanding with usually six to nine pages per review. They are perfect reference tools to take your learning to the next level. Get your free Mojo Academy review in written format at teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes for that free link again, teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes and you will see the link for the free written review. Get yours today.